The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's get to our guest. Paul Christopher is with us. Paul is head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute. He joins us from St. Louis. Thanks for being with us, Paul. If I told you today that we got more hawkish Fed speak, you would probably say, so what? I mean, what's new about that? We've been getting this this litany of um, Fed speakers who have basically been saying, look, we're not ready to dial back on tightening. And today, Jim Bullard looking at a terminal rate, maybe of five and a quarter percent. But that's really not new news, is it at all? No, not really at all. Five and a quarter is very close to where the market has been pricing over the last month. So if you had to say what the outlook for equities are in, in the face of uh, this notion that a lot of this has already been discounted by the market, where do we go from here? Well, the problem for the market is that they believe, the market believes, that inflation is on the downtrend. We also believe that, but, but the fact of inflation having peaked is not a reason for the Fed to turn and cut rates. And that's the fundamental disconnect that still exists between the Fed and the market. That's why the market was up and down all day today, why we think 4000 is not a sustainable rate right now for the market. There needs to be better agreement that, that the Fed can taper their rate hikes, but they're going to still hike, and then they're going to hold those hikes, and the economy is going to go into recession. And the market just doesn't believe that the Fed will hold rates until the economy goes into recession. That That's just a fundamental disconnect. You look at earnings forecasts, for example, still around $240 a share for the S&P and the consensus. That's way too high. That has to come down. Paul, the, the thing is, it, what people are having uh, really pr- a problem getting their heads around, arguably, is just how much pain that the Federal Reserve is willing to inflict on the economy. Exactly. And uh, five and a quarter, uh, when we were at zero uh, a year ago, uh, <laughs> is quite a lot, especially when you haven't seen the full impact of those rates yet. We're already seeing housing close to or in recession. We're seeing the retail side very shaky. Uh, real incomes have been uh, negative now for many months. Uh, th- this is an economy that's showing all the signs of being pre-recessionary. Uh, and the Fed needs that recession to help it bring inflation back down to that 2% target. The market just is not in a position yet where it wants to believe that the Fed won't blink, won't pivot uh, before we get to recession. But if you look at the way U.S. corporates have been performing, there's an unevenness here. I mean, we heard from NVIDIA yesterday, positive news. Uh, the day before, Micron with a very cautious outlook, and that's just in the semiconductor space. Look at retail. Earlier this week, Walmart with very, very good numbers, and then yesterday it was Target that disappointed. So there's just a lot of divergence here. There truly is, and again, in a pre-recessionary environment, that's not at all unusual. What I would ask investors to remember is that in a bear market, the first thing you have happen is the multiple compression. We've seen that all year long. 
and then the second shoe to drop is that earnings finally do come in much lower and uh, and validate that earlier multiple compression. So we've seen the first shoe. <laughs> we haven't seen the second one yet. That's coming in 23. Paul, we were talking about the possibility of a recession in the last uh, segment. I, I just want to finish that thought off by asking you whether actually a recession is something that, uh, unfortunately, the American economy may need. Yeah, we think it does need it. Uh, you've still got some stickiness in those services, prices, CPI prices, uh, and that's what it's going to take to, to, to really break the back of those service inflation numbers going forward. We think it will happen. And we'll be back down considerably, enough for the Fed to cut rates later in the year. But first, we have to have the pain. So I'm trying to understand an investment strategy that you may be using right now, given everything that we've been talking about, and whether any of that thinking includes moving money offshore and looking at opportunities in EM or maybe not emerging markets uh, necessarily, but looking at places like Japan or even South Korea. Sure. Now, when, when we think about overseas markets, we think of highly trade-oriented cyclical economies. Uh, they're outperforming the U.S. highly cyclical small cap index, the Russell 2000, for the last several weeks. But we think that's really a function of the dollar's slide in the last several weeks, and which in turn has been a function of this, again, this misunderstanding, latest misunderstanding of the markets regarding the Fed. The dollar dropped 3% after the November 2 Fed meeting, thinking that the Fed was going to be pivoting to rate cuts. Uh, and then after the CPI report, which we talked about in the last segment, the dollar dropped another 3%, again, on this misunderstanding that, that inflation missing low by a couple of ticks would be enough for the Fed to start cutting rates. It's just not the case. So your outperformance overseas is really due to that 6% give back on the dollar. We think the dollar bounces back, and emerging and developed markets give back all their gains by the end of the year. So we would really stick with the U.S. first uh, sort of investment strategy. How do you... You know, look at valuations at the moment, given the um, storm clouds of economic gloom. Yes, yeah, still pretty high out there, and and a lot of that is being driven by a lot of liquidity, uh, and uh, and and the fact that those earnings estimates just haven't come down. So every time we get a pullback, let's say to thirty five, thirty six hundred, the market wants to buy on any sort of suggestion that the Fed might be in the future <laughs> cutting rates, and and it's a it's a sequel, it's a bad sequel to a bad movie. Uh, you should just avoid that that sort of thinking altogether. I'm going to depart and talk a little bit about uh, the crypto space, only because this FTX story just keeps on giving. Every day we get another layer. It's being pulled back and more um, is revealed. I guess the uh, advisors who are basically overseeing the runes of this uh, firm are struggling to locate the company's cash and its crypto holdings. What is this doing to market psychology right now as you see it? Is there this severely detrimental? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a setback for sure. Uh, and it's a, it's a reminder of, of something that we wrote about a year and a half ago, which is that, that you're going to continue to see volatility in this digital asset space. I'll call it broadly digital assets. Uh, and you're going to see additional regulation. Both of those were cautions that we offered investors. But we do think that just as you've seen volatility and then recoveries in the past, we think you'll see the same kind of pattern going forward. More regulation will come out. Uh, we'll see more adoption of, of, of the blockchain. We'll see more adoption of digital ledgers. Uh, it's, it's inevitable, we think. Uh, and so there are opportunities out there, but the investor just really has to be ready for a lot of very big ups and downs and even shocking stories like the one we've seen play out yeah, Christopher, uh, with uh, this one. Paul, Paul the, the thing is, 
Okay, yes, you know, certainly blockchain has a future, etc. But you know, with all the regulation and uh, all the other things which are coming on, and uh, we've seen a reputational damage, you've got to ask her the question: What's the point of crypto? <laughs> if you if you look at if you look at it as more than just a currency, and and maybe more more as a as a new system of exchange, uh, we think going. Why forward, do we need it then? You you don't you don't need twenty thousand of them that's for sure but which <laughs> ones will survive <laughs> that's going to be the question going forward it's always the case when you have a new innovation that's so so breathtaking like this one you have to sort out the space first. All right, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoyed your company there, Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anka and I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.